Hey, this is Steve, and welcome back to another episode of Three Old Geezers. I hope you're having a great holiday season, and uh, once again, Ed and Jim are with me for today's episode, and we are going to break our rhythm, and we're going to start our thunder analysis with Jim. You might recall, if you listened to the last episode, Jim was going to his first game in person of the season, and that was last night. So, Jim, the week recap starts with you. Well, Merry Christmas out there for everyone who celebrates with us. Yes, Merry Christmas. And yes, last night was my first time to see the Thunder in person this year. And I was, you know, you have to say you're a little bit disappointed in how it turned out. But it was great to be in that crowd. It was a full house. There were thousands of uh, purple and gold jerseys spread around the arena. Thousands? thousand maybe okay I mean, thank you Could have been. they draw well they do um took my four-year-old grandson and he loved the game as well so you know my analysis we we couldn't hit the threes we couldn't play defense either and the uh lakers i mean they dropped a lot of threes on us and that really that really hurt they were 50 percent from three that's pretty good shooting you're going to win a lot of ball games yes. I have a question for Jim. Were you managed? Did you manage to stay awake for the entire game? I, I actually did. We, but I didn't stay for the entire game. At uh, halftime, my four-year-old grandson told us that it was time that we needed to go home. So we uh, piled him in back in the car. We put it on the radio, listened to it till we got home, and then watched the end of it. Of course, the time we got home, I mean. We were down 20-ish, and we made a little bit of a comeback towards the end, but still, you could see we weren't going to win it. Ed, you watch the game? Of course. Your thoughts? My thoughts are the Lakers wanted to win that game a lot more than the Thunder did. Anthony Davis had said in the press before that they viewed that as a must-win game last night. Now, I don't know if there, if there's such a thing as a must-win game in December – but the Lakers hadn't been playing well, and they obviously wanted to change the course. And you could see that last night. I thought they played with more energy than the Thunder. Uh, they were more focused than the Thunder, and they really played well. I mean, LeBron, what, he had 40-plus? Anthony Davis, and whoever this guy was that came off the bench and made a bunch of threes, I don't know who that, that is. But the Lakers are normally not a good three-point shooting team. And the Thunder missed a lot of wide-open threes that they would normally make. And they still scored 120 points. So you're not going to win all 82 games. There's good players on other teams, too. Some nights you just get beat. I think that was the case last night. It was it was a fun game. And, and watching the rally late, you kind of had a sense that – we may climb back in that thing. Uh, the officials, and, and I am not saying this is a criticism because it went both ways, they swallowed their whistles, oh, and, and they let them go at it. It was almost like playoff basketball. Ed pointed out a couple of instances where um, – Shoulders into the chest of players. Yes. And there no were, calls. Though there were calls. There were calls on, calls on uh, Casey yeah. Wallace, his first two fouls of the game, if you go back and look at those, he is vertical – and Lakers players are putting the shoulder into his chest, jumping in through him up into his arms, and he gets the foul. 
That's not supposed to be a foul. But it broke both ways. Yeah. I mean, so if it breaks both ways, from my perspective, that's what you want in officiating as long as they're consistent in what they call. Well, there's another time Anthony Davis just bowled over Chet. Same mm-hmm. type of deal. Yeah. No mm-hmm. call in that. And he got a layup out of the deal. That's the way I – mean, you're going. the Thunder's going to have to get used to playing like that because that's the way the playoffs are going to be. That's exactly right. It's playoff basketball. What do you got, Jim? Ask you this. Well, on the way over here, Ed and I were talking about rookies and rookie calls and rookies not getting calls. Is that really a thing across the league? Because from my perspective, it really looks like if you're a rookie, you're not going to get the call. I would say it is. I, I think that there's a I think there's a code among the officials that this guy's been around for a few years. Let's let's give him the advantage. Is there a hierarchy if you're a LeBron James level superstar? Dude, are the, you the, get some calls? the Jordan rules. The Jordan rules are a thing. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. I think stars are going to get the benefit of the doubt most of the time. Yeah. If it's a star versus you know a non-star player type. Is thing. that because the league recognizes that uh, a Kobe, a LeBron, a Michael Jordan is what gets the TV viewers, and they actively Promote that? Maybe the NBA officials just have more respect for some of those guys, like baseball umpires have more respect for certain pitchers. Greg Maddox, who was one heck of a pitcher, he got a lot of marginal calls. Exactly, because he would put it where he wanted to. That's right. And that's why he got the call. It it wasn't accidentally off the plate. It was on the plate because that's where he wanted it. Yeah, I I agree entirely. Yeah, the Maddox strike zone was different because Maddox delivered uh, consistency. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Hey, I don't want to dwell on just the Lakers game because it was a two-in-one week. And we beat a rallying Clippers team that had been playing very well. And, you know, we looked the superior basketball team. It wasn't an eke-it-out win. We really took it to them. Good win. I will not throw too much rain on the parade. The Thunder had two days rest. The Clippers were playing their third game in four nights and set Kawhi. So you have to take that in consideration. But still, it was a great game, great win uh, to beat Thunder West. I always enjoy beating Harden. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask. I know we have some people here who are not Harden fans. In in my household, he's known as Sir Flops a lot. Um, I just, I, I just not a fan. Did you read, though, the uh, comments from Westbrook, Paul George, and James Harden, all after the game, all very kind toward the Thunder and the Thunder organization and the Thunder fans? So those guys seem to really have appreciated their time here. You know Westbrook did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I sure hope. Sam, make it happen. I sure hope when he hangs up the sneakers that it's in a Thunder uniform. Even if it's one of those one-day contracts, let's get it done. It would have to be. Yeah, I think so, too. And we're going to build a statue to Westbrook. Absolutely. He's going to be the first one. Even before KD? Even, yeah. No question. Long before KD. Uh, You know, I wanted to ask you, though. I remember when we traded James Harden. I believe it was during when OU was playing Notre Dame back in, can't remember the year, 2015. Mm-hmm. How crestfallen. I mean, it really took the air out of it. was the worst day mm-hmm. in Oklahoma sports history, perhaps. I was at the OU-Notre Dame game. And everybody is so down and disappointed because OU just got beat by Notre Dame. And then we're walking out of the stadium – 
and word starts spreading, the Thunder have traded James Harden, and you become even more crestfallen. It couldn't have got any worse. But my question is, if we had kept Harden, and he was, maybe he had played till now, would we still, would people say, I'm tired of Harden, he flops a lot, or would we have, we still be embracing him like we embraced him then? The beard, fear the beard. Remember the, the signs in the arena? Well, of course, if he was a Thunder player for his life, I mean, I mean, everything is forgiven. I mean, you look at it an entirely different way. But they traded Harden, and I'd like to know, I think Sam Presti was convinced Harden was not going to re-sign with the Thunder so he traded him, and he got something that he could get back while he could. He wasn't just going to let him walk for nothing. But if we hadn't traded him that year, Thunder would have been a title contender. My thing on Harden is simple. It's not that I disliked him as a Thunder player. It is the way he has managed exits from other teams. He has shown to be um, not an organization guy, and I appreciate organization guys. And this is the segue to one something I wanted to talk about today, which is we are one day removed at the date that we're recording this of the celebration of Festivus. And I got a lot of problems with a lot of things. And so Harden would be one of those. But I want to tell you what I am tired of right now. I am sick and tired of the transfer portal. It is wearing me all of the drama associated with it, all of the maneuvering of NIL deals. No issue with NILs. Athletes deserve their compensation. That's not my thing. But this transfer portal and what it has become and the way that we feed it has just absolutely gutted me. I'm tired of it. And so that's my grievance that I want somebody to listen to. I'd, I'd piggyback onto that. I don't like it either. What's the solution, though, without restricting players like they were restricted for decades and decades? I mean, my, I, I think Gundy actually was right on this, which is if you're going to pair the NIL and the transfer portal, you sign the kid to a contract. And if he commits to whatever NIL arrangements out there, he, he's got to live out the life of the deal. Now, i got to tell you, I, I do need to put this clause on it. When a kid graduates, power to them. Once they've earned that degree – I have no issue with what happens next. But these jump in, jump out, and all of the social media, the drama that goes with, I'm just, I'm tired of it. What if you had a rule where if you got NIL money from one school and then you move to another, you have to pay that NIL money back? That'd be part of a standard contract, right? Could be. Although there there are clubs out there, if you wanted the kid bad enough, they would just cover it. Like they do with coaches. Yes. They do the buyouts. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know if that would work anyway. Yep. But college football is pretty much dead. Yep. I mean, this is professional football now. It always has been – it's been kind of a semi-pro level anyway for years, but I would consider now it is just professional football. When you have – if this is true, the backup quarterback at Texas, Archie Manning, making more than $3 million a year to sit on the bench – that is professional football. Making more than Brock Purdy. Yes. I mean, it's almost comical. It is. It is comical. I mean, it's just crazy. The only schools playing college football anymore are the Southwest Missouri State to the world. 
and schools like that size. Uh, Ed, Southwest Missouri State doesn't exist anymore. Well, there you go. It's now Missouri State. Okay. That shows you what a geezer I am. A, a, that's a geezer moment. That, that is absolutely right. But, but the, my point, the Missouri States, the Tulsas, the Arkansas States, they're playing college football. Yeah. I think I saw, didn't the um, Tulsa coach go on record that they have no N- NIL commitments? I think so. I, I think that's what he was talking about in his recruiting recap, is they are doing this without NIL money. They're not going to win. It's going to be a long road. Yeah. Jim, what what grievance do you have do you want to air during this period of Festivus? Is this going to be a Presty rant? That's all I want this to know. Is, this is not a Presty rant, but it is semi-related. So get off my lawn. But my point is that – we have a team now, you know, Presty dragged us through the ditch for like three years. He blew the team up. He got rid of everyone we loved. Jim, you know we're and, losing listeners. As you do this every time, we're losing listeners. And and so, but he, he did, we built the team. He's rebuilt the team. We've got players now that are quality players, maybe um, rookie of the year quality players, MVP quality players. Anyway, we're beginning, they're growing on me. They're growing on me. And you know what? Then I see some um, podcasts. Locally, you see a podcast? Local podcast. And you know what their podcast title is? Potential Trades for the Thunder. What? We've got a team just the way we like it. And you're trying to figure out, oh, maybe we can, maybe we can get this guy, you know, for uh, $40 million who's playing for Toronto right now. We could get him. Well, yeah, we could get him, but who are we going to give up? That's my problem with you people. You need to be satisfied. satisfied, And I'm throwing you all under the bus. Man, wow. That's that's stout. Well, you know, Presty's going to be patient with this team. He's got to the point, he's been patient, and you see – the reward from that, the result of that. Now, now, not every fan has appreciated the patience. Patient. Patience. Now, I mean, would you describe patience as being keeping the team intact for six months? Is that patience? Or is it patience? You've got the guys, you signed them, you're going to keep it intact for another five years. Exactly. With this core, yeah. We're not keeping Mike Muscala for another five years like you wanted. His career high six points, three rebounds. Derek Fisher would still be running point in Jim's ideal Thunder team. Yeah, well, and I love fish. That's not about fish. That's about Jim. The way we forced Nick Collison out. I mean, we forced Nick Collison out to retire. I don't remember forcing him out. Limited number of roster spots, salary caps. You have to make decisions, and those decisions hurt. They stink, but it's modern NBA basketball. And back to the James Harden scenario, the reason this hurt so bad is that was Oklahoma City's moment of realization that NBA professional sports require hard decisions. And when you get attached, it can be gone in a heartbeat. That's the Harden story. Yeah. And then he became Sir Flops a lot. I have a problem with that. Fair enough. It's a business, Jim. It's a business. So, Ed, you jumped on my uh, rant about the portal. Any other thing that you want people off your yard about? Does it have to be sports-related? It doesn't have to be sports-related. We're geezers. Well, here, when I go to a grocery store, I won't say which one. Wait a minute. 
You weren't the guy that rammed the... No, I was not the 72-year-old okay. geezer who rammed the truck in Walmart. Okay, I was just... I thought but that's I do, where we were headed. But I do have a problem with the the grocery stores who put the best soups on the bottom row of the shelves. I mean, you have to bend down and dig out the chicken noodles, the steak and potatoes, the vegetable beef, the clam chowders. And what's at eye level? Your pea soups, your cream of celery. Nobody wants those at eye level. Nobody's getting those. If I were manager of a grocery store, that's the first thing I'd do. I'd switch those. I'd get rid of them. Well, exactly. Who wants them? Who does? That's a pretty good rant. Well, I've got several. you got several? I'll give you a chance to walk into another before we're done. Well, hey, before we do that. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I got a new idea for our sponsor, Mentality and Coffee. Coffee. I'm ready for this. In Bethany. Yes. Address. 6639 Northwest 36th Well, Street. since you didn't like my last geezer. Sanka, you know, or black cup of coffee it's or whatever it was. Okay, what about this? I yep. think this would be, I think you'd have geezers lining up if you did this. A vanilla latte. This is the geezer special okay. that I'm proposing. Okay. A vanilla latte mm-hmm. with non-fat oat milk, a dash of cinnamon, and two pumps of Metamucil. What? <laughs> I mean, come on. And I have that every morning. <laughs> well, see there? See there? Jim would be there. When Avery hears this podcast, she may just shut the doors. <laughs> she just may do it. So, But if I bring a sample of that, you're going to drink it oh, on air? Okay, we'll make that happen. Not only do you have a tasty beverage, but it promotes gut health. Functional. It's exactly. a functional beverage. All right. I tell you, you do this, Tom Selleck would probably be down there talking reverse mortgages to everybody. All right. All right, we're going to move in towards our closing pair of questions. I'm going to make it two. So, Jim, I'm going to start with you. We're going to close out with this. Your favorite Christmas time sports memory, the Christmas season, doesn't have to be Christmas, Christmas season sports memory. And then what do you hope is unwrapped for you in 2024 in the sports world? Well, my favorite memory will have to be it's uh, Christmas season related. That's fair. In 80, at the end of 82, Arkansas University was playing in the Blue Bonnet, the long, the late Blue Bonnet Bowling. Oh, Houston. I remember the Blue Bonnet. They were yeah. playing Florida. Give them hell, 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 Charlie Pell, 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 if you remember that. Charlie Pell was their coach. And Lou Holtz, it turned out to be his next to last year at Arkansas. And so uh, Arkansas, they won the game. I was down there for the Southwest Times record, whom I worked for at that time. Then the next day, I was actually, I'd flown down, I was going to fly back, but there's a group of guys who were reporters from Northwest Arkansas. They said, hey, we got tickets to the Cotton Bowl tomorrow in Dallas. You want to go with us? And I said, sure. And so I, um, I rode with them up to Dallas, and I didn't have a ticket, but they or even I couldn't get in the press box either. Mm-hmm. But they did give me a ticket that was under, just kind of below the press box outside. Well, it turned out to be like a, a 30 degree day with sleet. And all I was dressed for the Astrodome. All I had was a light jacket. So I bought a SMU, SMU was playing. I bought an SMU muffler 
thing and wrapped it around and just sat out there and shivered through the whole game. So it made for uh, an unpleasant time, but still it was a pretty good memory, a back-to-back football game. I, I am so impressed you used the term muffler in that context. Muffler? Yeah, I know exactly what you're referring. Yeah, I, I knew. Use your show mufflers. Yeah, but there are a few going to be out there. What, he took a metal muffler from a car? What the heck? It's also like you heard hear the term toboggan yeah. referred to a stocking cap. Oh, yeah. Where would that come from? Because I, growing yeah. up, that's all I heard people talk about yeah. toboggans. Toboggans, yeah. Now, one more thing you wanted me to... Your 24 sports, Chris, what are, what are you going to unwrap for 24? What would be ideal? Well, a second World Series title for the Rangers, of course. But I think for the greater sports, I, I read a story this week saying that it's been long enough for Pete Rose to remain an outcast from the uh, Hall of Fame. And why does he have to wait till he's dead to be put in the Hall of Fame? And, I, you know, if that happened, if they said, we're going to let Pete Rose, we're going to let you vote on him, I, th- I think that'd be a, a good gift for uh, the world of sports. Even though Pete was, you know, he had his faults, and we know that. Has Pete been remorseful enough about his conduct of getting the Hall? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind yeah. of the way John Morant was. Uh, oh, yeah, John Morant. Ed, what you got? Favorite favorite Christmas time sports memory, and then what are you going to unwrap for twenty four? Well, favorite Christmas time sports memory. I'm going to count this as a sport because it it was nineteen seventy Christmas in Stegler, Oklahoma. Ten year old Eddie Godfrey gets electric football. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, oh it's beautiful. Yes, elect. Oh, I could not wait for that, and my mom didn't disguise it at all. She had just wrapped it up as is in paper you could see through. So for <laughs> days, I can't wait to unwrap that gift, and the Super Bowl is on. I think I had the Cowboys and the Giants, or it might have been the Cowboys and the Grant and the Browns. But and I'd, I'd use a little tissue, wad up a tissue paper, and stick under a running back's arm. That was the football, and then it was just. Glorious, the oh, and it was a strictly a ground game, of course. Oh, There's no passing. It's power football. <laughs> I played with that game for hours and hours. These video guys, they don't know what they missed with electric football. No, it was electric football is glorious. Yeah, yeah, it was. And what are you unwrapping for twenty four? Well, the thing I'd like to see the St. Louis Cardinals get another pitching ace, and I'd like to see the Sooners not get embarrassed in the SEC. And i like to see the Thunder shock the world and win the NBA title in 2024. Well, I think we could all double down on that. Yeah. I think we could all go with that. All right. My my favorite Christmas time memory was the football games in my neighborhood that would break out after the presents were unwrapped. You'd have your presents. You'd eat your Christmas lunch. And then it was our backyard Everybody showing up in their Hutch football jerseys. You might remember the Hutch plastic helmets or whatever yes. we got. We'd show up and we would play regardless of the weather. We would have our football game. And those those were glorious times. I love doing that. And then what my wish is for 24, what am I going to unwrap? Uh, boy, Ed, the, uh, the Thunder wish resonates. It, it really does. Um I think what I'm going to go with, I think what I'm going to go with is that Oklahoma State baseball 
rallies back to where so many of the fans want it to be. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Coach Holiday and that group he has playing at O'Bright and hope that they have a absolute breakout season. That would just that would tickle me to no end. All right, any any closing thoughts? Any well wishes you want to give our audience? Just I hope everybody has happy holidays and gets what they want for Christmas and don't drink too much over the New Year's. Merry Christmas to everyone. All right. And next year, you know the Thunder will be playing on Christmas because they're going to be back in Absolutely. that Christmas Day lineup on, on television. Until until the lot, the roster gets blown up, you you, you nailed it. Hey, Jim, Presti, get off our yard. Listen, let Presti, if you get a bargain, yeah, but he is not going to trade this core group. And I wouldn't even trade a lot of these draft picks to get somebody because the piece that might be missing could be in the next draft. Or the following draft. Not an appearance, but an arrival. Remember that. That's the focus of this team. Hey, this is Steve signing off. Thanks for listening. Share us with your friends. We appreciate hearing from you. Uh, Thank you to Mentality Tea and Coffee for their sponsorship. And everybody have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.